Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the 414. Uh, before we get started today, I have to correct myself on the correction that I tried making last time. Uh, Mom informed me that it was not uh, the Norwegian that she was confused about. She knew about that, and it was the Dutch. So, hope that is finally all correct. Okay, today joining us is a very special guest. Uh, he has a pretty good first name, if I do say so myself. I agree. P- please welcome on Tommy Minkler. That's me. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Tom. Yeah. So, the the first question I have for you um, revolves around this idea that not only at Wabash, but I think really in college in general, um, we see this, it's this big developmental period um, when we're, you know, independent, away from parents, stuff like that. So how have you seen or at least felt your own self uh, develop and grow over these past two and a half years for you? Well, um... I've definitely developed a lot, I'd say. But I mean, I there's still a lot of development I'd like to do. But I know, uh, I mean, since freshman year, I've definitely, I've definitely gotten better at the work in terms of, I guess, what I can think is like papers. I guess that's the most like salient example I can give, that the most like tangible one, because I know. Um, the papers have definitely gotten longer the more I've been here, and mm. <coughs> I also noticed that they've just gotten easier as I've been here. Like I'll consider like when I used to consider like a thousand words is like hard. I can consider like oh yeah, I can somewhat easily get that out. So I mean that's definitely nice. Um, is there a non-tangible example of like something that maybe doesn't have um, as physical or easy of an explanation but you uh, still but you still think you've grown i mean i've uh calmed down as a person i mean I don't what know. do you mean what do you mean uh i don't know i feel like just maybe my freshman year maybe a bit of my sophomore year i was definitely and i guess this comes with time too i was definitely a lot more like on edge i guess i was definitely a lot more like you know anxious and you know like I don't know more just like I worried about what I said a lot more and not not for like saying the right thing as in like it would offend someone but just saying the right thing as I wanted to say the right thing yeah. if that makes sense uh so like you is that's partially probably then because you just became more comfortable in, yeah, exactly, in the exactly, environment. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I know, uh, I know we were just talking about, you know, non-tangible. I know tangible. Yeah. I did, um, something I never realized was, um, I know, uh, like, it was Saturday, you know, the Christmas party, semi-formal, mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Uh, I had, like, a, hour talk with Brooks about like going to bud and whatnot mm-hmm. and I know another thing he said is that like 
I mean, one of the things you said is, like, you might have to, like, regrow your hair if you actually want to have, like, long hair. And, uh, because, like, I don't know, I guess Italians, I guess, you know, as much as I want to, like, try to be one, I'm going abroad, by the way, for those who don't know that, Tilly, um, as much as I want to, like, try to live the life, dress how they dress, do all that sort of thing, uh, and one thing is, uh, they don't like mullets. Mm. That's that's gonna be a bit of a problem. Uh, so yeah, I said I might have to like try to regrow my hair to like have just longer hair, not necessarily like a mullet, because I mean that is what I want is long hair. But anyway, concern I brought up was I feel like my face hasn't changed in the past three or so years, like, if I get have short hair, I'm going to look like the same, you know, weak sort of person I look like. I, I'm going to look like the same weak sort of person I looked like my freshman year. And he was like, I wouldn't say that because, I mean, he did take a picture of me, and he, like, I, I showed him a picture of me, like, two days before I came to Wabash. And, I mean, he is right, like, I have to think about it. But I know, like, my cheekbones have sort of winded out, like, my face just kind of gotten more tan it used to be like really red i guess um uh, i mean just you know like subtle changes that i never really noticed and i'm like huh that's that's really cool to know that's a really interesting yeah. point so I, i've got actually many questions about that the first being so when it when it comes to your hair tommy's got this real long hair and the mullet now yeah it's like maybe down to my shoulders yeah almost. yeah um, so you, part, part of why you keep that hairstyle at least for a while had been that you, you, you didn't want to look like you used to when you were a freshman? Well, I mean, no, but that's like more of a secondary thing. I just, I, the main reason for all of this is, well, I guess initially, um, I thought mornings were cool, I guess I wanted to have one, oh, yeah. but, uh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that's all I can remember, really. But uh, I guess, you know, my mindset of it is, like, I've had short hair, you know. I've had short hair for, like, 18 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to experience what having long hair is like. I I mean, I just want to experience, you know, like, what it feels like, what it looks like, that sort of thing. So, I mean, that's sort of my mentality. It's it's something I want to experience. And, I mean, that's... A lot of that's a lot of what I'm trying to do these days is just like experience new things. I guess I don't know. Okay, it sounds kind of weird. No, no, no. It, it does <laughs> it. It does it. I think that's a very important thing yeah. to do. Yeah. And so uh, then you're you're going abroad to Italy. Then yeah. I think that's going to southern southern Italy. Italy. It'll clearly be a a new thing for you to experience, and you might also. Um, Going back to our first topic, develop a bit doing that, and oh, course, so yeah. so tell us where in Italy you're going and <coughs> all about your upcoming trip. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna be studying abroad for about five months in Sorrento, Italy. It's a bit south of Naples. It's more of like a, I don't know if I'm using the right word. It's like a peninsula sort of. It's like a little island. That, it's like not not an island, but it's like a little piece of land yeah, yeah, yeah. out from Naples. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be there and I, I've looked at it before, like Google Earth before for like 
I had to do I had to do something with Google Earth for like orientation. It was like finding grocery stores, ATMs, and whatnot. And I mean, it looks like a nice town. It's got a lot of uh, different markets, and um, it's got like nine different gelato places. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, mean, I think it'll be great for like. You know, personal development, new things to experience. Definitely. Like a new clothing style, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so how did, how did you pick Sorrento? Uh, well, I've always wanted to go to Italy. You know, I've, I've always thought, you know, Mediterranean culture, Italian culture, like the history, the mythology, the everything. I've always thought just Itali- Italy is really cool. I've always thought that. Just I agree. The food, everything. I've always loved uh, all of it, and, um, I mean, I've always known about studying abroad, I guess, even if it was just the concept of it, but I guess when, you know, closer I got to it, the more I was like, I want to go to Italy, so I looked on, like, the Wabash website, and they were like, oh, yeah, you can go to Rome, so I did that, and then I was talking to, like, Amy Weir, like, the study abroad advisor at Wabash, and not only was it, like, you know, just problems with the, I think the initiality of it was, like, I was going to go to this place called, like, Temple University, but they had housing problems, mm. and she was, like, I don't think you want to do this. You might want to pick another place in Italy. I'm, like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And then, so, yeah, uh, I was just looking for places, and, um, yeah, I just found a Sorrento, I guess. So it was, uh, through, like, Arcadia Abroad. I just went on their website, and I was like, Italy, and, they're like, here's these places. And I just thought Sorrento sounded the best. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, switching gears a bit. So th- the listeners all know by now that I'm in my fatherhood class, and you right now are in a class called, is it called Childhood Development? Yeah. Gotcha. So those are uh, definitely some some similar courses. So um, maybe we can get into that a little bit. What what are kind of a couple of the main uh, takeaways you've had so far? Yeah, I mean, the, they are both taught. I mean, the reason I want to talk about this is they are both taught by Olufsen. I have mm-hmm. noticed that they do bleed into each other a good amount. Sure. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I definitely would like to take fatherhood when I'm a senior. Um, but yeah, I know, I mean, we really just covered, like, you know, the stages of development. Uh, we covered stages of development. We covered temperament. It's like, you know, like the biological aspect of personality. And um, what else we covered? Oh, yeah, we covered parenting styles. Oh, yeah, us as uh, well. Yeah. We, 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 co- we spent, like, a good amount of time on that. We covered, um, what else? I think one more. Uh, yeah, we covered, like, um, it was, like, social types. It was, like, I don't know how to describe oh. it. Oh, it was um, like, uh, it was uh like, like, like there was like five types, maybe. Yeah, yeah, around that. Yeah. It, it was uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't really think of it either. 
Yeah. Oh. It was like, I don't know, just how your child interacted with other children. Yes. Their yes. social personality, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, like, if they were, like, introverted or, like, what kind of introvert were they, extrovert, what kind of extrovert were they, so on and so forth. But, I mean, yeah, that's basically um, a lot of what child development's just been just the... Uh, development of children really sure sure yeah yeah and we well like like you said we've definitely covered a lot of what you just talked about yeah, i would i thought so. without having taken your class i'm i would guess the prime differences since ours is fatherhood we just talk a lot more about um really even the, the development of a man as he is a father whereas you're focusing on the development of the child but since our context is within fathers and how they also develop children. That's that's where that intersection comes. Something uh, a week or two ago that Dr. Olson said um, that really really struck a nerve with me, mm. so to say. Um, this this is really when he came to talking about the co-parenting relationship. But I think can also extend to um, most relationships you have with people. He said that it's not always important to be right. And so what, what he was talking about was like when it comes to maybe arguing with a spouse or something like that, that if if your if your wife cares more about something, um, and is getting really worked up, or the, the other way around. He he was saying that sometimes you just need to let the other person win uh, to kind of preserve the relationship rather than hurting feelings. And I I knew what he was saying because that is probably one of the greatest struggles I have. I just I just always have to be right, and. As, even if it's some minor fact or detail that that it doesn't matter that the other person is wrong, I'll I'll butt in and say, well, actually, uh, just just because I don't know, I've always I've always thought that the having your facts right and everything is really important, which it is. Um, but I guess sometimes minor distinctions that might not play an impact um, are probably things I can let go. And just this this idea that I always have to be right is that's that's maybe a major thing that I think I should work on. Mm-hmm. Do, do you do you ever feel feels anything like that? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I have what you have and I always feel like I have to be right. But um <coughs> I know that's definitely happened, like, a lot. I know, I, I mean, I mean, I guess, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I kind of agree with him, I guess. Like, some things just aren't important enough to argue over. It'd be easier to just not argue over it. Mm-hmm. It comes to, like, I mean, no, I don't want to say it like it's common. I mean, I feel like it, the things that just aren't really that important, like, are kind of there, but still. I know, um... Lit review for psychology. It's uh, how can I describe it? It's like we have to like um, have to like create 
we have to like create a thesis, something we're arguing. Then we have to find like twenty sources to back up that thesis. And I think it's more so in preparation for the capstone, which is like I'm gonna write a study, and then I'm gonna have to find all these sources to back up my study, and then I'm gonna have to actually do the study. And what I'm doing now is just finding all the sources. So I think that's how I describe it. But anyway, yeah, lit review is basically a lot of that where I'll submit something and then the uh, professor will go and I don't want to, yeah, I mean, and, and another thing is she's very, uh, very like particular to leave like a bunch of comments on like everything. Like if I, if I do like, ITS of IT apostrophe, I should be like, you should have done that, which I mean, is helpful. But then again, there are some times where it's like, I don't really think this is necessary, but I mean, okay, if it's what you want. That's kind of how it is sometimes. Uh, I don't know if I agree that those are the situations I'm necessarily uh, okay. referring to. My bad. No, no, no. I mean, and I understand where you're coming from. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, so, I mean. I agree with him, but I know uh, I'm just saying like times what's happened to me, I guess. Sure, I don't know. I guess yeah. Your 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 example of the of grammar and making sure that's all um, nice and tidy, I think it is important. Yeah. How's how's fatherhood going? Anyway, I would ask that. Um, the you know, the the class itself, I I'm just about done with now. Yeah. Um. We've got a lecture later today about social media and its impact on children, which that I'm actually, I am really excited for because he actually, he, he's never done this lecture before. He created it just for our class since we, we mentioned we'd be interested in it. Uh, so I am really excited for that because I think, I think phones and how they and I've talked a little bit about phones on this podcast before, but they they can do some great things, but can also do a lot of harm. And yeah, I'm excited to see the the data he has to show us. When when I think of phones, a a big question that I have asked people before is when they got their first phone and when they are planning to get their children if they have them a phone. Do you, do you remember? Uh, I think I was like fifth grade, so whenever that was, um, maybe I was like thirteen or so. I don't know. Uh, you'd be you'd be a little younger. In yeah, fifth grade. around twelve, thirteen, something like that. But yeah, that was for me, and uh, and I guess that's a that's a fair age. I'd say maybe like a. When I have kids, maybe like a bit older, like maybe um, seventh or eighth grade. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, that was my siblings and I. We all got phones when we turned thirteen, yeah. which ended up being around seventh grade for all of us. I know uh, Olafson. I think he said, which uh, <coughs> spoiler alert, we talked about the uh, social media thing on uh, Tuesday. You did, you did. Yeah, that's why I kind of want to talk about the fatherhood and childhood development. Oh, yes, he he did mention that he was giving the exact same lecture. Lecture on a Tuesday. And I know something he said in that lecture is that, like, he's not going to, I mean, and I don't think they're 16 yet, but he's not going to allow his daughters to have social media until they're 16, which I think is, you know, I think that's fair. 
What do you think? I think that is very fair. Um, you, there's not a substantial need for it before then, especially like my the the prime benefit from social media and f- phones in general to me is being able to stay in contact with yeah with people who you don't necessarily see every day which before you before you graduate high school there's probably not that many people in your life of that sort maybe family cousins and stuff but i mean we're just talking social media, not phones, right? So you can still text people and stay in contact. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The probably maybe a bit of a crazy story. Guess guess how old I was when I first got Instagram. Like around the same time you got your phone. You would think that would make a lot of sense, but no, actually. So, but but before I had a phone, I had an iPod Touch right. and an iPad. You know, so still still access to the web. And I I remember I got Instagram in the fourth grade. When right. uh, one of my friends at school said, "Hey, have you heard of Instagram?" And I said, "No, I, I literally never heard of this in my life." And he said, "Oh, well, it's Facebook for kids. You should get it." And so I said, "Okay." Yeah, just and good. yeah, and I mean, I I don't know that it negatively impacted me, but I certainly it did not. Like it. Sorry. It doesn't seem like it. No. <laughs> Thanks. But I definitely didn't need it. Um, And actually, a fun story. So that that account from fourth grade still still exists to this day. And there's about 280 or so, mostly just memes on it. Uh, So so good times. Yeah. But 16 to answer your question. Yes, I I do think 16 for social media um, is reasonable. And I guess I should clear my, clarify myself. I had, like, one of those iPod things in the fifth grade. Yeah. I, uh, when I got a phone, I I don't really know. Maybe, like, uh... Maybe seventh, eighth grade. Sure, we'll go with that. Okay. okay. Yeah, um... <clears throat> yeah, that's another thing that I feel like, like I want to know from people. Because I, I do agree, like, the primary... The greatest thing about phones is you can, like, contact people. Like, I know I, uh, I definitely have, like, and I definitely have, like, a lot of friends from here that I could contact. Like, I know most of the, uh, most of, like, the senior class, my freshman year, I could definitely, I, def- I could definitely talk with them. Right. I have a few friends from high school I could do that, but I just, when I could, I just never really do that. I mean, do you, do you do that? I would say yeah. that that is something I'm better at, with, uh, whether it's, like you said, a few high school friends or other guys from here who've graduated. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's every day, but a couple times a week. Even even (laughs) just, I mentioned memes, even just, you know, sending those memes, uh, I guess, lets them know that you're thinking about them, which can can be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something else, so in, in preparation, I don't know if you guys had to do the same thing, but in preparation for this social media lecture, we had to watch a TEDx video. Oh, yeah. Or maybe not TEDx, maybe just TED. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you guys did too? Yeah. Okay. And she, the the lady, she mentioned how our iGen, apparently we're called, I didn't, 
I truly didn't know the name of our generation until watching that video because you know how there's Gen Z and millennials. We apparently fall into iGen. Mm. Um, I don't know if that I stands for iPhone. I don't really think so. I don't know. But anyway, we are the first generation to grow up with cell phones and the internet and social media through our adolescence, which I thought was a good point. Yeah. But something that that also means is that our parents were the first generation of parents to um to like to parents kids who had that situation, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm not not playing a, a blame game, but I guess what I'm getting at is for well, to to back up the really a big finding that she had with, with and I think is probably a maybe somewhat common understanding, maybe not though, is that um, just with the rise in phones, there was a correlated rise in depression amongst teenagers. I mean, yeah, that makes some sense. Right, and so anyway, I think, I guess it's it's one of those where it's maybe everyone's at fault to an extent, meaning you know, um, the kids are just spending too much time on their phones. Uh, but I think sometimes parents, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Not that it's their fault for letting the kids be on the phone, but that maybe they just didn't even recognize the importance of the time off of the phone sometimes. Yeah, I could definitely see that with that being new and that they don't realize that. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I don't think... I mean, it took a while for social media to come out, didn't it? With like when phones came out and social media came out. Yeah, you're right. There's definitely a so bit of a gap there. Really, it's uh, the really smartphones is when it really. Yeah, really I know. Got going. This might be another one of those things which is not really related. It's not really related enough to the topic. But I know I used to watch YouTube when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. I feel like. <coughs> Like, the internet, and I'm thinking of YouTube specifically, the internet, like, a lot of things I feel in, like, the past years or so has, it's gone from, like, I'm passionate about X, I'm passionate about movies, video games, YouTube, it's gone from, like, I'm passionate about it to how can I make money off of it. Mm. So, I'd argue that, because, I mean, I watched YouTube when I was a kid, and I was fine with, and I was, I mean, I'm, I'd say it turned out fine, I don't know, but, uh, I don't know about today because I feel like it's gone from like, like I like doing this to what can I do to make the most money off of it regardless. So I feel like it might be more, uh, I don't know how to say it, more harmful today than it was. I don't know. That's No, I think that's a really good point. And I didn't, I didn't frequent YouTube quite as much as a lot of other people, mm-hmm. but Someone, someone I think of when you say that, you know, Ryan Higa. I've heard of him. Okay, well, he, he was really, really big. Um, still probably is, but maybe not. As, as far of an extent, but yes, he, he. I felt like he really embodied. He was having fun yeah. making videos that people enjoyed, um, and I'm sure he made a lot of money. But yes, and now, now especially. Really, since like just around, probably coinciding with the time 
of COVID. I was about to say that. Yeah, because I think part of that was everyone was home with nothing to do. But yeah, you just saw, you just saw everyone hopping on TikTok, yeah. uh, to try and get the fame and the money, and you're right that that does change, change what things look like, and now it's it's truly an industry. Yeah, that's a, that is a good point, Tom. And I know a bit of a tangent here, but and this is, is something that I wanted to talk about. An, an example I have of this, which I guess is sort of why I wanted to talk about it, is I know uh, I've been getting into like the uh, Half-Life series lately of video games. I don't know if you know about that. I don't. Uh, it's from Valve. It's basically like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like... It's basically like an alien invasion where like okay. aliens invade Earth, you gotta like sort of go to war against them. But anyway, that's not that's not really the point. Um, the point is, in one of the parts of the game, I was, and I guess this this is sort of about like this the the passion I was talking about is I was going through, and this game came out in like two thousand six. Okay. So pretty old. Um. And I was going through it, and one of the parts of the game, I was looking at it, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. You'd expect to see, like, this sort of, these sort of graphics in, like, 2015, 2016. How did they do this? Hmm. And then there's, like, a little post-game part where they explain how they did it, and they're like, oh, we use these 12 different formulas and other mathematical things and other programs to all combined into this one thing. I'm like, that is just, that just blows my mind. Like the, just the effort they went to. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't describe it that well. No, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, I could go on and on about it, but I mean, really just, I feel like YouTube especially, cause I, mean, I still kind of watch it, but YouTube especially has gone from more of, like, passion to how can I make money off of this because I watched a lot of Minecraft as YouTubers as a kid, and I definitely felt that there was, like, a lot of passion there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know uh, another thing about Italy is I know, like, my my time management isn't that great. Okay. I feel like I don't want to – I'm trying not to, like – Discount Italy as like I'm just I'm just gonna like sit at home and do nothing. I mean it is a another semester I could try and improve upon myself. I could try to like have better time management. I could try to like be more confident. I don't know. Just I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think like you know it is another semester. School. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean. And well, I think. Yeah. I I think an opportunity it would help to have that mindset. <laughs> I think an opportunity in. An academic setting that is not Wabash will be good to just kind of yeah uh, just just change sometimes is good to to stimulate and get you thinking in a different way maybe even if not a different way of just um, practicing what you want to do um, yeah 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 okay. yeah and I mean I don't want to oversell myself or anything but I feel like the thing I want to say is I feel it could be nice to focus on myself in the way that I'd be so far away from everyone else. Mm-hmm. I could just sort of just develop on my own and, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, is that, I know uh, another question I didn't ask is like, I was thinking about like, what could I ask you? I know, uh, like, what do you think makes a good like musical artist? Because I feel like the uh, most important part is just like, do they sound good? Because if they sound good, then I'll like all of their songs. If they don't, then I probably won't like their songs. Ooh, okay. You're like the voice. I don't, I don't know if you are going. If this is where you're going at all, but you just made me think of the whole idea of can you separate the art from the artist? Meaning, if there's if there's some musician, say Kanye West, just to throw out a random name. Yeah, I was about to say that. I mean, he's. Okay, so regardless you, of what he could, what he's on, or what he ever could do, he's a great artist. I think. I think that's a fair statement. <laughs> I yeah. I like him. He's great. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Yes. I and, and I I do think it's possible to listen to music and enjoy it without without I don't know without glorifying the person maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I know, um, like, examples. I think Kanye has a nice voice. I like all of his songs. Frank Sinatra has a nice voice. I like all of his songs. And I know, I know I might anger if you featured with this, but, you know, I don't like Drake. I, I don't like his voice. Oh, yeah. And, like, and you're entitled to Whenever he could sing, I wouldn't like it because I don't like the way he sounds. That's just sort of my mindset with it. Yeah, yeah. no, you're certainly entitled to that Drake opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the and so this is I've mentioned my physics senior seminar, and so this is one of the main topics, as well that I don't think Bear and I touched on, um, when he when he was on, of like, so art from the artist, or can you separate science from the scientists? Mm. Uh, so there there have been many many great scientists, right? Uh, and a lot of them, you know, have have been these these white men who have not always done the greatest of things, and a lot of them have been white men who have done great things. And something else we talked about was all the history of science um, in in areas of the world that are not Europe, that come from non-white people. Um, but a, a big reason why physics, it seems like it's so many uh, white men represented, is because it, it really... Uh, I guess most of the things that we talk about are like German in origin, um, and then like United States after that. But anyway, back to back to the the idea of these these people coming up with these great physics physics equations, but then they they've also done bad things in their life, and so the the question emerged like, um. Schrodinger is an example. So mm-hmm. if you know Schrodinger's cat, did he actually do that? Did he do some bad? Th- yeah, Schrodinger. Oh, okay. Schrodinger did some bad things. Um, but so if you if you've heard of his cats or the Schrodinger wave equation, he's a he's a big big name in quantum physics. And so the question is, you know, Schrodinger having done these bad things, should we change the name of his equation and I, I think the answer most of us came to was no, probably not. And, so, you know, sometimes his the equation is referred to simply as the wave equation. 
rather than the Schrodinger wave equation. But I guess but not to speak for the whole class, but but my thinking is like saying the equation and acknowledging that Schrodinger did all the work, not all the work, but a lot of the work in coming up with it and figuring things out doesn't doesn't it doesn't say that he's a good person. It it does acknowledge him, uh, and, and it does give him credit, and that probably credit that he deserves. Um, and that's just, especially now, like having been taught that. And well, I guess, and my, my my other part is, for me at least, whether it's the Schrodinger wave equation or. Compton scattering, or the Stern-Gerlach experiment, so all these names and many more in physics, when I, this is probably my bigger point, Hmm. when I hear the name of the equation or experiment, I really don't think about people and what they did. I think about the experiments that they did to come up with the equation or the equation itself. And I, I, I'm really thinking about the physics rather than the person. Yeah. And so that's a big part for me. Um, and so then we, we also talked about, like, that it's different than if you were to name an institute, say the Schrodinger Inst- Institute of Physics, blah, 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 blah. Because now I do think, and this is credit to Fardeen, he really put me onto this idea. I do think that is much more of a recognizing the person rather than the person's work. I mean, you're definitely right. That definitely move more recognizing the person. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what any of those physics names mean, but uh, I know, I think I do kind of agree with that. Like, like changing the name wouldn't really affect anyone, but, like, the people who are in physics, since I feel like if people... If people see, like, if people outside of physics see that name and think it's bad, I mean, I don't really think it's for them. I think it's for the physicists to, like, I mean, the physicists, they're, I guess, so far in the physics that they don't recognize the name. They just sort of recognize what it means. I don't know. Well, I, I will say that I don't, I don't know if that's how all physicists, uh, actually, I probably do know that that's not how all physics yeah, I just perceive it. But, but yeah, I... I know what you're saying of like, yeah. yeah, and then it probably like it's it's one of those interesting things of like where do you draw the line? Meaning like, I, oh I don't know if Hitler had maybe not physics. If Hitler had come up with some great art theory, even though if he did, he probably would have gotten into the art school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but yeah, if if there was some great piece of history, technology, or maybe not history, that's probably a bad example. But I, I, I hope you know what, what I'm trying to say that if there was something that we attributed to Hitler that was positive, which I don't know that there is. But in the same way that we do to a musician or a scientist, would 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 people be okay? using his name and giving him credit, I, w- I want to lean towards probably not. Yeah, I mean, 
Probably because he said it, but I mean, right. Uh, that's that's what I'm saying though. Of yeah. like, of like, I I don't know where that line is. Of well, he did some bad things, but he also helps the world. Well, I mean, I feel like you'd have to do some pretty bad things. Like you'd have to be pretty, you know, globally recognized. But I mean, I feel like. Um, I know in psychology it's kind of like that with some of the studies where some of them are like, man, this is, like, this this is awful, but, like, and, like, I don't want to relate this to the Holocaust. I don't want people to think that, but, I mean, I'd be like, man, this is awful, but we did get some good things out of it. Like, I know there was this one study where well, this one guy basically tortured monkeys to prove that, like, attachment to humans is necessary, and, I mean, like, well... I mean, that was pretty bad, but I think, like, around the time that study was done, America was sort of, like, anti-attachment, so I can get why it had to be done. Well, and you certainly yeah. actually can relate that to the Holocaust with um, the all the, again, torturous, yeah. inhumane experiments that Nazi scientists were conducting, uh, but there, there are some results that... Um, that that led to a lot of what we know today about, I want to say hypothermia yeah. is a big part of it, yeah. I believe. Um, but at least I I do know it's it's stuff that that has been good knowledge, um, and this is something else that came up in class. And now now there's all there's a lot more procedures for for data that's obtained unethically and not being able to use it. Um, well, yeah, may, I mean, maybe, yeah, now, now that you said that, that that's probably the a better example than Hitler himself, but yeah. of, like, people involved in such a regime, but still coming up with potentially helpful ideas, yeah. I guess, I mean, in, through, in, through very bad ways. I mean, this is definitely a topic, like, I know, like, the human experimentation, I think, like, Japanese might have done it, I know uh, the Holocaust definitely did it, I know, like, well, well, bad. We did find things out of it. So, like, like, would it be worse to just be like, your lives meant nothing. We're not going to use this data. And you say, like, at least you died for something. See, and that's, that is, that was my first line of thinking as well of, like, let's, let's not waste. Yeah. Ah, I don't want to be insensitive. I don't know if yeah. waste is the word I want to. But, yes, I, I agree. That That's very much how I was thinking However, um, it, in class, though, we, we had to read an article uh, it, of some people, some, some Jewish people, basically saying that they, they, really, they really dislike that, that data being used because it reminds them of, of stuff that had happened. And if that's how they feel, then I guess that, you know, that, that doesn't speak for everyone in all of these um, inhumane experiments but i guess that's how some people feel that they'd just rather it be thrown away and and never never spoken about yeah i mean i'm not jewish or anything i can't relate but i know i mean if it was like 20 years of medical advancements i feel like it'd be definitely like something we should use like i know i realize like like i really like like it was bad it happened but we did get some good we did get like Something positive out of it. I feel like that's how we should look at it. I agree. Medical I agree. data and all that. 
agree. And I, I, I do want to say I think sometimes they sometimes the the possible benefits are in dispute, which is another factor. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of other things in with it, a lot of other varieties and whatnot. But that's just what I think. Uh, what else? You haven't. Uh, I think. Like, have you like gone to any other countries? Like a yeah, and I, I've talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I spent you know like nine ish days in Rome. Oh, nice. My Thanksgiving of my sophomore year for an immersion trip, which was really fun. Um, but I haven't done a ton outside of that. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really excited for my upcoming trip. Yeah, I mean I haven't really been outside the country before this, so I think it'll be nice. Oh yeah, it will be. I've been to a lot of states though. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The favorite state you've been to? Favorite state I've been to. I'll preface with saying Indiana is for sure my favorite state. Gotta love home. But, ooh, I don't know. I feel like the state I visited most is Florida, which is nice. Um, haven't gone out west too much. Been to Arizona a couple times. <coughs> I'd I'd really like to see like the. Colorado kind of national park type stuff. I think that'd be really pretty. Um, Boston was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Florida would have to be my default answer, though. What about you? I mean, I've been, I've been to, like, maybe 10 or so different states. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to, like, like I, I think I've been to, like, uh, Iowa, Indiana, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee, I think. I've been to Cal- I've been like uh California been there. Um I've been to Arizona, the Colorado, I mean like Utah. So close to ten. Uh, maybe another one I've forgotten about. But I gotta say I my two favorite places would have to be um the Florida Keys. I think they're really beautiful in their own way of like just being tropical and beach, and the beaches are really nice. Mm-hmm. But my uh, my favorite place would have to be Utah. Utah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like Colorado where the mountains are just in, like, Denver and whatnot, and the rest is just flat. Um, I feel like Utah, it's, like, from what I know, it's, like, mostly mountains, I think. Okay. And I really like mountains. I think hiking's cool. I think being at the top of being at the top of the mountain and looking over everything's really cool. So yeah, I mean Utah is really just a beautiful place and yeah, like I said, there are a lot of mountains and mountains are pretty mountains are pretty. Okay. So I I know you gotta get going to meet with the professor. So yeah. I'll leave you with this. First I do. I've very much would like to go to Hawaii and Maine. Those are two of the bucket list states. Now, yeah. in Utah, in this, back to the seventh grade in social studies, uh, I've always been obsessed with the four corners, you know, the four states that um, it's Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like a, the intersection you can stand in, or not stand, but touch all four at once. Yeah. So in social studies, there are four of us that sat in a little... Uh, our desks were like two by two, so we sat in the back, the four of us. And 
we dubbed ourselves the Four Corners, and I was uh, Utah. Uh, the Utah man. I know. Uh, by coincidence, because, like, I think, this is, like, who, who really cares? And who knows? Like, it was, like, second or third grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to pick a state to present on, and I was sick. I was sick the day the I was sick the day the states got picked. And you got and Utah. I got, I got stuck with Utah. So not stuck with <laughs> the opportunity. The opportunity yeah. to do Utah. Fate. That, that is really cool. Well, Tommy, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. really fun. Yeah, it was. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Awesome.